0: Disagree podcast episode 91 Flying through this on my own today Really ain't been in the mood to debate And go back and forth or whatever man um, I have officially become a couch potato Like there's not enough hours in the day man Like basketball has consumed my entire life, Monday through Friday, basketball, Saturday, games all day, basketball, Sunday, Peyton has practice, basketball, and it's like, when I do get free time, I don't feel like doing nothing, um, Literally, man, I have become what I said that I would never be. Like I, I tell people all the times, like, dude, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm always doing something to occupy my mind, documentaries and you know different things, something that's informative. Or I'm playing the game, you know, something to just occupy my mind. I don't just sit around and watch a whole bunch of meaningless television. Well that has changed (laughs) in the last couple of weeks. I have binge watched every season of power and I've started now on game of thrones. So that's what my life has come down to, uh, basketball and binge watching game of thrones. But wanted to touch on all-star weekend which is my favorite time of the year. I, You know, I've, even as a child, I've always enjoyed, you know, sitting back watching the NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, just as a fan of the game, I love seeing all the 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 old vets, you know, come back. It's like a brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? Like just seeing them come together, everybody enjoys one another's company. And then they just give back. To the community where whatever city it's in, there's always, you know, charitable events, things constantly going on. Give giveaways, you know, give back uh, building parks, you know, what I'm saying boys and girls clubs it's all kind of endless things. And I really, really enjoy looking at that. And uh then on Sundays, kick back, watch the all star game, watch the guys have a good time to, you know, celebrate the midway point of the season before things ramp up heading into the playoffs. So I've said this several times on the podcast, you know, my family and I, you know, originally it started with just me and my girlfriend, which is, she's now my wife. But like during this time of year, you know, we'll go get snacks, order pizza, do whatever we got to do. And we just chill the whole weekend, watch all the events, documentaries, whatever comes on, we're locked in for NBA All-Star Weekend. And then, you know, once we started having kids, you can incorporate Valentine's Day, stuff like that. We'll, you know, sometimes take a trip out of town, do whatever we got to do in the daytime, whether it's the zoo, aquariums, whatever. And then by the evening, we're chilling in the hotel, watching NBA All-Star Weekend. So that's why I said I, I look forward to it. But this year was was different. In more ways than one. I've um, been seeing a lot of people complaining. This All Star Weekend was garbage. It was trash. This is the worst dunk contest ever. Um, did y'all not forget the whole Nate Robinson thing? What about Birdman before all the tattoos? When he come out there and tried to do the little cartwheel joint? <laughs> <laughs> I think people are prisoner of the moment, and due to social media, everybody wants to try to be funny, have their, you know, 15 minutes of fame, whatever you want to call it, but in terms of this being the worst all-star weekend in the history of basketball, I disagree. stop it, stop it right now, because at the end of the day, their job is just to go out there and have a good time put on a show per se but i think this is a great example of how spoiled we have become and it almost puts you in the mind of the roman days or gladiator whatever you want to call it where it's like the people want to be entertained and if they're not they're going to start throwing lettuce, tomatoes, hell, they might even say off with your head, <laughs> court gestures or whatever it's called. But I feel like that's where where we're getting to, to where now even the commentators, you know, you're listening to D-Wade and, and Reggie Miller-Nim bash and criticize these athletes. And I feel like that, to me, is is disrespectful to the game. Because at the end of the day, man, these people have have families. They might have kids that are sitting at home watching. And it's like, unless you're out there, you don't know that pressure. That's a whole different type of pressure. I get onto my son all the time because every week we go to his games. And I know that he can dribble. I know that he can shoot especially for his age, he's only seven. I've seen this child sit there and shoot from the actual free throw line and and make it swishing, but then he gets in his game and he won't take a shot. He'll get a steal. He won't go for the fast break, and no matter how mad I get, I have to understand that, dude, there's a difference between shooting in an empty gym with just me and then going and playing in front of a crowd full of people. And that's why it's like, you know, I, I try to refrain from getting on to him too much. But at the same time, I'm trying to help build his confidence to let him know to just go out there and play, have fun. But that's a whole different type of, of pressure, man. And it's like, oh, that's the worst dunk contest ever. And I'm like, dude, like, it's real prisoner of the moment, in my opinion, because it, if you've ever went back and tried to watch some of them old school dunk contests, bro, there's no way you can sit through that. The, the Larry Nance joins Kenny Smith, the little basic between the leg bounce off the backboard. Like there was no energy to me. That was, that was boring. Today's guys have so much pressure on, man, you got to (laughs) be damn near an acrobat in the air just to get a a solid score. And some of the dunks that topping was doing, the only reason why they got the scores that they done was because at the end of the day, he didn't power dunk it. But it's like, come on, dude, like you constantly, every attempt, you trying to go between your legs, you trying to go behind your back, jump over somebody's head. Like, come on, man. Like, is this where we're at now? (laughs) In order to compete in a dunk contest, you got to be able to do a backflip between the legs, behind the back, all in, in one motion. Like, come on now, like that's not even realistic. And in my opinion, I feel the only thing that will spice up the dunk contest is if you bring in some of these guys that are competition dunkers. I see, you know, we they used to show it on ESPN and stuff all the time. I used to sit back and watch it in the summer. And every now and then you see different clips on Instagram. But um bringing some of these guys off the street and have them go against NBA players. You make it competitive in that nature. And I feel like, you know, NBA players now it's like, damn, like I can't just let some regular person Show me up. And that's when you start bringing out the creativity. Guys may be more um, focused on trying to land their dunk on the first try. But to sit here and, oh, man, we got to do away with the dunk contest or we got to end with the three-point contest. Because let's just be honest, man. Like, the three-point contest wasn't all that jazzy either. Salute to uh cat. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Big Blue Nation, Towns won the three-point contest. But I didn't expect that. I went in with Patty Mills. I thought Patty Mills was going to win it. But it's like, (laughs) come on, man. Like, is this really where we're at? Like, we're just sitting there bad. Like, they don't have to do that. You know, people just sign up to go out there, have a good time, have fun. But you sitting there booing and then you got to get online. Oh, this is the worst contest ever. Stephen A. Smith and him on TV the next day. This the worst ever. Blah, blah, blah. Like, come on, man. Like, that's why a lot of the stars don't even do it. I don't blame LeBron for doing it because I don't think LeBron is a competitive dunker. All you're going to get from LeBron is some two hands, a reverse, a windmill, You know what I'm saying? Like, look at his in-game dunks. Like, (laughs) come on, people, man. But overall, I enjoyed it. The game ended phenomenal. Steph Curry is just unbelievable, man. Like, that's where I'm like, we're spoiled now. Because it's like, now you got dudes having to pull from half court just to wow the crowd. Like, you hit a bunch of threes, you know, standard three-point line. Nobody cares. But now it's like, boom, boom. I'm pulling from half court, turn around and walk away before it even go in, man. That's that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. But it's a lot of work that goes into that, man. And I, I think people are just now starting to appreciate the the hard work part. Everybody just assumes that you can step on the court and, and heave the ball up there. And that's far from the truth. Otherwise, you'll see more and more people doing it. But anyways, today, man, today's lineup, I want to touch on this Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen beef. Um, LeBron had a lot of hot takes at the press conference for All-Star Weekend. I want to touch on the one where he talked about he wants to play with Bronny before he ends his career. Because the media got a hold of that and spun it, and now they're criticizing and and ripping his son. Then uh, J.R. Smith. Had an interesting uh, interview with Brandon Marshall on I Am Athlete, you know, their little podcast or show, whatever you want to talk about. Um, Jawan Howard. (laughs) That's where I'm going next. And then lastly, uh, the face of the league. You took one event last night. Steph Curry played a phenomenal 50 points, threes just raining from everywhere, and then immediately y'all come to TV and y'all are, who's the face of the league, Steph Curry or LeBron? Last year it was Giannis or LeBron. Before KD got hurt, is KD or LeBron? It's like you know that that's going to get clicks. Those are hot takes. But if you notice, it's always somebody versus LeBron. Like People are just so eager to knock LeBron off this pedestal. And if you ask me, he should have been knocked off, and that's what that's what shows you how great this dude is, man. Like twenty years, and his name continues to be in the conversation. I don't care if he ever wins another championship, bro. What you're looking at is something that you've never seen before. At this point in time, he was celebrating guys because you knew it was the end of their run. Dirk Nowinski, Vince Carter's, Tim Duncan's, like they're playing the minimum of minutes. And then their all-star appearances is just like a ceremony. Like, you let them in just for the sake of letting them in. Like, Dirk's last year, I don't even think he made the all-star team, but somebody gave up their spot or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's like, man, this dude is being voted a starter. Number one in jersey sales. Like, everywhere you look, you see this man's face, and it's been going on 20 years, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, at this point, if you got something negative to say, you're just a hater, dude. I'm sorry. But we're going to go with this Jawan Howard thing real quick, man. I said uh, my weekends, like I said, is tied up with with basketball, whether it's going to watch our games, going to watch our games. like I'm losing my mind. Going to watch my son's games or coaching our games. I'm constantly somewhere. So I really don't get to see too much college basketball on Saturdays. So I started, you know, getting notifications and stuff. People talking about, man, y'all see Juwan Howard, blah, 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 blah. So when I finally got home and got a chance to look at it, I was like, oh, (laughs) I really didn't know what all started it. Because at the time, all you saw was like that little two minute clip or whatever. So I really wanted to hold back my initial thoughts. But just you know conversations You know here at home or you know With my brothers uh, We sitting down talking the other day And I was like man y'all know they getting ready fired dude uh, They gonna make an example out of him I was like I don't know what he was thinking But you know what I'm saying Like again I ain't gonna sit down And post that publicly Or whatever I'm just saying in the back of my mind Like dude he He's up the creek <laughs> without a paddle And um Wake up, Stephen A. Smith and them, oh, I ain't saying that he should be fired, but this might be a fireable offense. Like, you start speaking that kind of talking to the air, and then now it's like, oh, hell, now they don't have no other choice but to fire the man. And I was hoping that that was not the case. But I seen where they finally ruled and said that he's suspended for the rest of the season. And that's that's warranted. I'm not here to discuss who's guilty, who's innocent. I'm here to discuss the conversation that I heard on ESPN when Kendrick Perkins and them started talking about they should do away with shaking hands at the end of the game. That's something, once again... I disagree. I disagree with that whole notion. Because at the end of the day, you, you have to be able to show... Good sportsmanship, win, lose, or draw, that's a part of sports. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. Might lose by a game-winning bucket. You Might lose by 30. Either or, shake hands, call it a day, leave your attitudes in the locker room after you take your jersey off. Get on the bus, get in the car, whatever you're going to do, go enjoy the rest of your day. Your emotions might linger a little bit, especially if it's a tough loss. You know what I'm saying, or you play bad. But guess what? You wake up the next day. It's a new day. Figure out what you got to do to get better, so it don't happen again. So this whole notion of nah, we ain't shaking hands, man. That's why you know tempers are flaring, people are mad, emotions are high. Nah, like nah, bro. I don't. I don't care what happened that coach is entitled to call a timeout. It don't matter how mad uh, Jawan Howard gets, whether it was two seconds left on the clock and they was up a hundred. If he wanted to call a timeout, let the crowd acknowledge the kids who built that lead and let them cheer for them as they're walking off the court, then he's entitled to do that. We've seen that on several occasions. Coach called timeout. Now, granted, it might be like a minute left in the game. Coach called timeout. Get the starters out or get your key players out. Let them get a standing O. And then you go on about your business. So at the end of the day, to, to me in my opinion, Jawan Howard displayed sore loser mentality because he was all smiles a couple years ago when Michigan was balling out. But now that, you know what I'm saying, you're on the other end of that stick, you peed off. And at no point in time does that uh, excuse you to <laughs> put hands on people, man. I don't care how mad you're getting somebody saying that, you know, the other coach done something to, to get him that way or whatever. But it's like, come on, bro. Your actions is what led to everybody else's actions. So now you got kids fighting on national TV. You know what I'm saying? Now they're going to get labeled and get judged and may miss out on different opportunities because of the chain reaction that you started. And I know that's extreme. Like I'm going all the way down the line, but it's like, come on, bro. Like you, you can't dismiss that. I know we all saw the malice at the palace and then the ramifications afterwards. You know, Jermaine O'Neal still talks about how, you know, he didn't get a a fair treatment following that event and this and that. So it's like stuff like that matters. It matters. So if your name is labeled as one of them who's out there throwing fists and this and that, whether you are riding for your coach or not. That label might carry with you. And if you trying to get to the next level, bro, like that's important, man. So that was a bad example. For Juwan Howard to set. And it's tough. It's tough. But that might be a stain on on his resume too. That he might have to. It might go some some years before he gets rid of that. Referees may try to figure out a way. You know what I'm saying? Like this ain't going to be the end of it. And I hate for it to be that way. But like I said, that's just a, just a harsh reality of it, dude. Like, for real. And then you start trying to, no, nah, we ain't going to shake hands no more. Like, come on, bro. Um, I'll use our kids as an example. We got a win last week. We won by 35. I told them no celebrating. Get off the court. Go shake hands. Celebrate on the way home. Have fun, enjoy the win on the way home. Don't show up your opponent. Opponent standing out there on the court, cause it's already humiliating enough. Because I've been on the other end of that, getting blown out. It's not a good feeling. So to sit there and watch somebody rubbing it in your face and all that, bro, like that's that's not cool. Because guess what? Just the week before, we had to reel all our kids in because they was out there crying because we lost. And we only lost by four. So it's like, nah, don't don't teach these kids not to respect the game or respect their opponents. Win, lose, or draw. Get your ass up. Go shake hands. Take it on the chin. Dust yourself off and be ready to, to play and get better. Like I said, this whole, I don't know what's going on with sports and, and perception and things like this in today's game because it's like, You're trying to get rid of all the basics. Sports, in my opinion, is more than just going out and competing and winning and losing. Like, man, these are keys to life. You learn how to work well with others. You learn how to be organized. You you learn how to prepare and then go out and perform. These are all things that you can do outside of sports. You can put a game plan together at work, study for things, go out there and execute. You can go into a board meeting and sit down and learn how to interact and, and work well with others, whether you like them or not. Like, we're here to do a common job. Just like sports. Not everybody on that team gets along. But guess what? We'll set our differences to the side for the betterment of the team. Those are little things that help you along the way in life. So quit trying to teach these kids (laughs) to disrespect the game, disrespect your opponent, laughing and showing them up. Like I hate that, man. People get their ankles crossed or get dunked on and everybody just run out on the court. Everything is a big circus, man. And that's why these other foreign players are coming over here and whooping our kids ass because everything now is just a, a highlight reel. But again, that's a conversation for another day. Um, Sticking with beef, <laughs> let's slide over to this KG and Ray Allen stuff, man, because I think they uh, they hit us with the okey-doke over the weekend, and that shows you how perception matters. And the media kind of shapes that because um, watching the 75th anniversary celebration, uh, <laughs> It was great to see all the old heads and some of the the younger faces or whatever. But then KG and Paul Pierce come up there, and then I was sitting there noticing how they call LeBron last, but LeBron is right there by them. I'm like, oh, Lord, what is this? So then they call Ray Allen's name, and then you saw KG making this face. You saw Paul Pierce wouldn't even look and acknowledge the man. He's got to walk right by him, and then here come LeBron showing all 32, smiling, laughing, getting up, and then KG just, he had that look like, man, if this month say something to me, da-da-da, like, it was just irking him to see that. So I prejudged it, I really did, because instantly I was like, KG and Paul Pierce, some haters, they can't let that beef go, like, it's been (laughs) 10 years, man, let it go. And before you knew it, the internet got a hold of it, Everybody's making the memes. Everybody had their opinions on it. Some people was like, man, KG is a real one. He still ain't going to uh, respect Ray Allen because he went and played with LeBron and this and that. And I'm like, nah, that's childish. At the end of the day, Ray Allen is a grown man. He made a career decision. And it panned out. It paid out. It paid off. Ray Allen ended up getting another ring. That's no different than me saying, you know what? I don't want to work for this employer no more. I want to go here or I want to pack my family up and move somewhere where it's warmer. I can do that. I'm not obligated to stay somewhere because you want me to. Let's not forget he left Minnesota. What's the difference, bro? Like, I don't get that. Like, that's a whole nother conversation in its own self, too. Like, people expect you to remain loyal to them But if the opportunity comes, are they going to remain loyal to you? I'm not one to stick around and find out because I know people can be shady. I'm not making life decisions on temporary moments. KG and Ray Allen ain't never had no lifelong history, at least to my knowledge of being buddies or whatever the case may be. So Their brief time in in Boston, that was something that was put together. And if my memory serves me correct, Ray Allen was getting mad because his usage was slowing down. At that point, Rondo was starting to peak. Rondo started looking to get buckets himself. And next thing you know, Ray Allen wasn't getting the looks that he was accustomed to getting. So a lot of that tension started coming in in terms of, how am I going to be used this year? So he went to a situation where he thought he might be used in a better role. He's grown. He's entitled to that. That's why I've always felt that this KG, Paul Pierce, Rondo, all that, that's petty, man. That's child stuff, dude. Y'all are supposed to be grown men. They even uh, showed a video where Isaiah Thomas and, and Mike didn't speak up there in Cleveland. And at first, I thought <laughs> Mike was dodging LeBron because I saw where he walked up and hugged uh, Rodman or whatever. LeBron's standing right there. Mike didn't even acknowledge him. Then they show where Mike didn't acknowledge Barkley. And it's like that's where the media starts spinning all these narratives and all these stories. And then, boom, yesterday, here go a picture of KG, <laughs> Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen standing up there together smiling. So hopefully they was able to put that to the side. But it's like, come on, man, the capture, the camera captured that live. You saw their reactions, you saw their facial expressions, so you knew, like, it's something deeper there. Like, I can sit down and smile for a picture and hate the motherfucker that I'm standing next to. Excuse my language. So it's like, man, put that to the side, bro. That's crazy. But anywho... It's going to make for a funny meme, legendary meme, because I got one with the Paul Pierce joint saved in my phone at all times. It's coming out. On a brighter note, man, it was good to see all the old hands back in the building. I remember watching the 50th anniversary. I think I was in like the 7th or 8th grade. I want to say, what was that, maybe like ninety-seven guess if you do the math, you <laughs> subtract 25 years. <laughs> um, I remember them coming out with the with the leather coats. And um, I was hoping that they was going to do that again this year. That's why I was looking forward to seeing the ceremony. I didn't know they was going to do the little blazers or whatever. I mean, to me, I mean, it was good to see all of them. But at the same time, I think it would have been better if they had their respective jackets and you could have had all the ones who was on the 50th bring their jackets if they still had them. I think that would have been dope. And then watching the newer generation receive their jackets, that would have been fire. But man, it was like, when you started realizing some of the ones that were no longer with us, especially Kobe, man, that that's when it it hit home because it's like, dog, he was supposed to have been up on that stage, man. That one, that one was tough. He was definitely supposed to have been up there, and then for the ones that didn't show up, dog. I think, man, Scottie Pippen, dog, He's a whole, you know what? And that's why it's like, you know, I, I read the book, and I've defended Pippen in terms of, you know, he just wanted to get his respect. But it's like, come on, man. Respect is earned, dog. Like on a big night like that, regardless of your tension with Mike or whoever you got beef with or whatever the case may be. Come on, man. You got to show up for that. I heard, uh, Kevin Durant lost his grandmother. So that's a legitimate reason not to be there, man. Prayers up to him and his family. Um, but it's like, come on, dog. Larry Bird wasn't there. It's like, man, Why? I know it ain't none of our business or whatever, but I feel like for events like that, come on, bro. Like father time is undefeated. You saw Robert Parrish and Kareem, you know what I'm saying? Like that's when reality starts kicking in because it's like, dang man. Some of these faces that you remember as a child growing up, seeing them get old like that. It's tough. But at the same time, it was definitely a great moment. And that's why I love, nba all-star weekend and then (laughs) transitioning to the lebron um interviews or whatever and it's like all-star weekend also opens that box to press coverage and the media asking you all these different questions and lebron knows what he's doing like he's (laughs) he's a mastermind when it comes to cryptic messages and sending jabs and this and that sometimes it's funny sometimes I think it's childish because then you get the media starting to spin all these narratives is he taking shots at Palenka and all this and that and is LeBron going to OKC and he's been talking about wanting to play with Bronny for years so now that he said that he wants his last season to be wherever Bronny's at here goes the media that's that's LeBron trying to force his hand and making sure that Bronny gets in the NBA. They don't think that's fair. Bronny should have to earn his own path and da 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 da. And it's like like really, man, is this is this where we're taking this? If somebody asks this man a direct question, he's not supposed to answer it without y'all taking it to the extremes. And that takes me to a whole nother <laughs> Topic and I hope I don't offend anyone or people don't get mad at this or whatever the case may be. But so damn what if Bronny gets drafted because of his dad lobbying for him to get to the league. It's been plenty of people that get positions or get jobs that they don't necessarily deserve based on the people that they know. Or because they have a loved one that works inside the building That happens every day. But because it's LeBron James, y'all are pissed off about it? I disagree. Why wouldn't I lobby for my son (laughs) to get a job next to me? I want my kids to be just just as successful as I am. And then I saw some reports yesterday where they're like, Bronny is projected to be a second-round pick, and he's in like, Now it's to the point to where you're trying to paint this picture that the kid doesn't have talent. The kid doesn't deserve a shot. He's only a junior people. (laughs) He still got to go through his senior season. And unless they change the rules, he still got to go through college. That's two full years of development. Like what are we even talking about? And that's where I hate how the politics And the media and all of that comes into play now because we're trying to evaluate 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds and talk about whether or not they belong in the NBA. Let them get there first. But in the meantime, his dad is expressing, hey, I would love to have the opportunity to play with my son if given that opportunity. So he's setting his contracts and setting his positioning up to do just that. LeBron doesn't owe a franchise anything after 20 years of basketball. I feel like at this point he's, he's earned that I can do whatever the hell I want to. And if anybody feels different, feel free to let me know. But that's what I'm saying. That's beside the point. Like, now you're trying to break down this this 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid into, oh, he's only going to get to the league because of his dad. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. It's no different than D-Wade trying to lobby and try to get his son into the league. At one point in time, I was uh, calling LeVar Ball a clown and everything else, and that's where I was wrong. I can publicly admit that I was in the wrong for that because at the end of the day, all of that has come to full. uh, What's the word for wishing? LaMelo Ball was in the All-Star game the other day. He said the youngest one was going to be the best one. And I be damn, he's in the all-star game. So how are we going to be mad at fathers for trying to uplift their children and speak certain situations into existence? But y'all will sit down and cheer loudly for uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka and all that and go buy everything that they got. But y'all will tear down these African-American kids. And yes, I took it there. Some people may get upset with me uh, using race or whatever the case may be, but I'm going to be honest and I'm going to take it there. It's a lot of people that get put in positions that they don't necessarily deserve or they didn't necessarily earn. But when it comes to LeBron lobbying for his kids, y'all have a problem with that. Nah, bro, that's garbage. That's garbage. And and like I said, I struck a nerve when I'm sitting there listening to them argue this on TV yesterday, like, LeBron is just trying to make sure his son gets in, and LeBron should just let him get it on his own, and da-da-da-da, like, man, get out of here, dude, that's trash, Donald Trump had his kids working in the White House, (laughs) some of the top positions in the country, man, come on, bro, you really think that they was, uh, that they was qualified for that, get out of here, man, not trying to hear it, but anyways, man, like I said, I ain't going to be on here preaching too long. Um, my last topic, J.R. Smith, man. I've told several people that I love sitting down watching, you know, different interviews and podcasts, all the smoke. Um, the one with uh, Darius Miles, knuckleheads, because now these athletes have a voice. They have a platform where they can share personal stories and be unfiltered and just relax and talk about how they got to where they are. And I love listening to that because it makes them human. Not that I didn't view them as humans, but I'm saying like I can hear the similarities in how they grew up and different backgrounds and different things that they had to endure to get out and get to where they got to. I like hearing that. So I learned a lot of things about J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith was always one of my favorites anyway, especially on NBA 2K back in the day, dog. When he was on Denver, I was playing with the Nuggets. J.R. Smith, Iverson, Mello, dog, come on, man. You couldn't be beat on that. But anyways, man, Um, like I said, he did an interview on I Am Athlete. Uh, the show was called I Am Athlete um, with Brandon Marshall. And he was just sharing some of his different you know, stories growing up and things like that. But what interested me the most was when he got to talking about Eurocentric thinking and how the African-American community can come together and start depending and relying on each other versus asking for a seat at the table. And that's something that I've always thought to myself. I've expressed that to a few people, but it led to different little arguments and stuff. So I've come to the conclusion that when it comes to that topic i try to refrain from it because if you're not bringing good intentions or bringing positivity to something that demands a different outcome then leave it alone there's no need to create even more tension when you're fighting to prevent tension overall if that makes any bit of sense I'm trying to word it correctly. It's like if we're sitting here trying to combat uh, inequality, then there's no need for us to go back and forth. When we both have the same goal in mind, it's just we have a different path to get to the same goal. Because I've always said it's like throw race out of it. Just use your, your... your inner circle. If somebody doesn't want you to sit at third table, how many times are you going to beg them for a seat at the table before you go get you a table? And that was always my stance. Like, why are we begging and fighting and pleading to be included when history has shown that they don't want us to be included? And we're in a position now to where you have millionaires billionaires that are people of color so and again i understand it it borders that line of segregation or whatnot and that's not what i'm trying to preach or trying to push i'm saying that a lot of the things that we want better books in school you know newer equipment for this and that if enough people of color come together then they can try to help provide some of that. And that's what J.R. Smith was talking about. So it was a dope interview. Y'all definitely go check it out. But the one part that I did disagree with was when they asked him about what happened in the NBA finals on that play. And in my opinion, I feel like J.R. Smith still is not holding himself accountable. He alluded to, you know, oh, Several occasions in that situation, we'll just call the timeout, get it to Braun, let Braun do what he do, doing. I feel like at that point he's deflecting. Yes, I'm a LeBron fan, but at the same time, it's like you're using LeBron as a scapegoat. He's like, everybody should have known we had a timeout left. The coaching staff didn't want to take responsibility. Nobody, you know, everybody was scared to say something. And he was trying to, in my opinion, point the finger at LeBron without saying LeBron's name and that's when the conversation kind of got sketchy to me because I'm like bro I don't care what the situation is you at that point have to think as an individual we're in the NBA finals if the ball falls in my hand late game moment and I'm under the basket I gotta make a decision I can't rely on nobody that's what I'm saying like it stopped being about a team game and it's like, here, get the ball to the superstar. I don't agree with that. Whether it's LeBron, Mike, Kobe, whoever, like, bro, like, we're a team. I have to contribute in some shape, form, or fashion. So if the ball falls in my hands late seconds, I'm a professional athlete too. And He's like, oh, man, I got KD on one side. He's going to block. He's like, so what if he blocks it? Guess what? The same results happen. you just going into overtime but you dribbled away from the basket. Not to mention you said after the game, you thought y'all were up. So years have gone by and you still sticking with this whole, like, it ain't on me. Nah, bro. I don't, I don't agree with that at all, but y'all definitely go check that out. That's on YouTube. All right. So before we get out of here, man, real quick, I'm gonna close with this face of the league. Yesterday, uh, Stephen A. Smith was debating, Is Curry or LeBron the face of the league? And I just want to know, like, why is this a question? Why does this matter? And I get it. Jordan was the face of the NBA. Jordan changed the game, made it global, made it marketable across the globe. So it's like, yes, technically, you have to have a face of the NBA. You have to be able to put a face with it. And for the longest, LeBron has been that face. So at this point, it's like they're trying, they've been trying to figure out who is the next person. Who is this next marketable face to where we can bring kids in and, and promote the game on a global level and blase. Blase. But it's like this question only comes up after one person has some spectacular game, some big game. And it's like, no, we're talking about the all star game. Curry has been a marketable face for a long time. Like we're crediting him with changing the game in which he has. Everybody loves Curry. The only negative thing I have about Curry is that he got in LeBron's way of winning more rings. But outside of that, who is not entertained by Steph Curry? But when you start talking about the face of the league, it's like there's a certain level of power that comes with that, in my opinion. It's like, really think about this like, Jordan Brand, it's global. Jordan brand can stand on its own. Michael Jordan is the face of Jordan brand. Nike is global. You start thinking about the face of Nike. LeBron, Durant, Serena Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like there's power that comes with that. And I feel like the downside, again, it's just my personal opinion. The downside to that is that Curry is with Under Armour. Under Armour has made some noise, but as far as being marketable, like the face of it, I feel like that's hard because of the brands. I think in the in college sports, I think that's what makes Louisville kind of second by nature when it comes to Louisville versus Kentucky because Kentucky is a Nike brand school. Louisville is Adidas. So when you start talking about young teenagers going to college and wanting the hoop, there ain't a lot of Adidas gear unless you're talking about Yeezys that most kids want. You know, they want the Nike product. So going back to the original conversation of global, you know, face of the league that you have to say LeBron. Durant is on and off the court these last couple of years with the injury bug. Giannis. Giannis is a likable guy. But I don't know if he has. That appeal to the masses yet. So it is a toss up between LeBron and Curry, but I. I I give the edge to LeBron still. Because no matter where he's at, uh, like when he walks in a room, you know LeBron is in the room. When LeBron walks on the court, you know LeBron is on the court. He does it all, win, lose, or draw. He does it all, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's no knock on Curry. It's like I'm, I'm not going to sit there and try to come up with anything negative to say about Curry because he he brings it too. But it's like when you think of face of the league, man, it's like you have to take a player and set him or her on the top of the world. And see how many people gravitate to this person. So it's like if you put LeBron and you put Curry at the top. Are more people really going to gravitate to Curry? over lebron i don't think so i mean jersey sales shoe sales you know what i'm saying all of that stuff comes into play in my opinion and that's why i feel like after all this time like why are we still even debating this bro Like, (laughs) it should be a new face of the league by now after 19 seasons. You would think people would be burnt out or bored, but it's like that shows you how great this dude is, man. It's like you can't get rid of him. No matter how hard you try, you can't get rid of him. And then there's a possibility (laughs) that his kids is going to come, so you got to deal with another 10 more years plus of hearing – his name or seeing his face at their games and sidelines. And if not on the court together, come on, man, LeBron's that dude. dog. Huh? But anyways, man, enough of me rambling, man. This was a fun episode. Cause I, like I said, I love talking about sports. I love talking about basketball and, y'all got to get off this, man. This was the worst All-Star weekend ever. It's like, what more do y'all want, man? Because you wanting guys to jump off the rafters and between the legs, blindfolded. It's like, come on, man. Now you're talking about video game stuff. Like, it's not even realistic. And then in terms of the All-Star game itself, I like the format. It makes it more competitive. And they've turned it into a charitable event. So each, you know what I'm saying, like, There's an incentive if we win each quarter. You're playing for something and it's meaningful. You know what I'm saying? And you bring in different kids that may not get to sit in those seats on a regular night. So it's all love across the board. Even the skills challenge, in my opinion, was better this year. They broke it down. You know, you made it fun. That's what it's about. Going out there and having fun. Like all this, are you not entertained? You know what I'm saying? Like this whole, ugh, (laughs) It's just boring. It's like, man, just shut up, man. Turn the channel. Turn the channel, dude. Like, these these players are, technically, this is a vacation. Yeah, they're supposed to be enjoying time off. But they volunteered to come into that picture. So, respect it, man. But anywho, man, y'all have a blessed day, man. We out toasted no competition amisha yeah I feel so high I feel so live my body's in the twine amisha I feel so live and I know why that I can't deny amisha coastin'. goodie fine wine fools mock liquor wish me